All right, good day. What is happening? We are here to talk to you guys today about something pretty incredible. I hope you guys are having an absolutely terrific Tuesday. If it's Tuesday where you're at, maybe it's a wonderful Wednesday, but this podcast is going to be able to be listened to at any point in any time. So whatever day it is, make sure it's going awesome and hope this word encourages you to step in and allow your actions to get in line with your beliefs and align with your beliefs. That's the thought of the day. The question I had that I posted on Instagram on my story and did a poll about which was, is it hard for you to make a decision? And I wanna go to the percentages because I think that's a really powerful thing to speak into. Was the percentage on that question was 63% said yes and 37% said no. So I'm wondering on that 37% that said it's not hard for them to make decisions, if it's something that they've had to actually overcome, if it's something that they've actually had to put time and energy into to receiving uh, opportunity to be able to make decisions and it's not that difficult. So yeah. Aligning your actions with your beliefs. It's not easy. It is definitely not easy because our beliefs are constantly being challenged and our actions are truly always out there. And ultimately, I think it's powerful once you read into it because if our actions aren't in line with our beliefs, I feel like we're ultimately letting ourselves down to a degree because we know what we ought to do, but we're not doing it. And that's where I think there's something powerful in that. And I think there's something to be said in that. So I want to encourage you guys. We're going to be reading a bit in James today because I think it's so powerful uh, how this speaks into it in so many ways and so many different levels of our faith. You know, our faith is just truly what we live on. And I just want to encourage in that right now. And so I'm going to pray into it real quick because I feel like that's going to be the I just want it to be the, the Spirit speaking through me. So, God, I just thank you for this beautiful day. I thank you for this incredible life. I thank you for the breath of life that's in my lungs right now, God. And every second that I am alive, it's just a blessing to be alive, God. And I should feel like I'm alive because, Lord, you came to have life and that we might have it to the full. And I just pray that this word would be in season right now, God, that it would encourage people to be able to make the decisions that needing to make, that your Holy Spirit would come on the inside of us and allow us to say yes to what we need to say yes to and no to what we need to say no to, God, and that we would just be ultimately walking by the Spirit not by the flesh. So I pray that this word would be encouraging, impactful, and that your spirit would speak loud and clear through me in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right, here we go. Let's go. I'm excited about this. This is going to be fun. This is going to be ready. This is going to be awesome. This is going to be exciting. So what I want to speak about in James, because I think it's powerful, and again, the whole thought that this recording is about is Allowing your actions to be in line with your beliefs. Align those actions that you do to be aligned with your beliefs. So, consider it joy, pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. I've spoken on this before. That's James chapter 1, verse 2. And considering it pure joy when we're facing a trial. How do we count it joy come a trial? It's not easy, but that's a perspective that we have to take and look into to be able to also, as it talks about in um, 
1 Thessalonians to be thankful in all circumstances. Not for all circumstances, but thankful in all circumstances that God is with us. Because that's God's will. It goes on in that verse to say, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So if we belong to Christ, then God's will for our life, we always wonder what his will is, it's to be thankful in all circumstances. So James is echoing that right here with considerate pure joy, my brothers. Whenever you face many trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. I've talked before about how the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and the year that I had my ACL injury was a year that I asked uh, to develop a new level of perseverance. And again, I don't think God tore my ACL. I know that it was my decision to go out and do what I did that allowed that to happen, you know, and it was just one of those things that happened. But I was able to be thankful in that circumstance and consider it joy because the testing of my faith develops such a perseverance in me that I'm able to carry that out through the rest of my life through what that testing of my faith did. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given unto him. So we need to look for wisdom. talks about in Proverbs seeking wisdom, binding it on us, and just really clinging to look and seek and pursue after wisdom. It goes on, verse 6, But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he would receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. Double-minded. What does double-minded really look like? If double-minded means we're unstable in all that we do, then a double mind is also when our beliefs and our actions aren't in congruency. When our beliefs and actions aren't lining up together. When we say we believe something but act out of a different narrative if our actions aren't lining up with our beliefs then we're double-minded in that place unstable in all we do and i think that's why a lot of people are at unrest right now i think a lot of people are uneasy right now because there's just such a there's such a spiritual attack on that right there and i think james is really hitting on something powerful right here because he goes on to this and i'm going to skip through to Verse 12, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. God's promised a crown of life to us who love him. It's all about our faith. It's all about our belief. And that's again where it goes back to double-minded, unstable. If our actions and our beliefs aren't in congruency, aren't in alignment, then we're unstable in all we do. We're going to be tossed by the wind. We're going to be shaken But God's called us, though the shaking comes, not to be shaken. That we would stand on that rock of faith, that we would be in the ark of faith though the flood of fear is coming around the earth right now. That we would be sanctified, we'd be holy, we'd be set apart in an ark of faith. That way we'd be stable amidst all the chaos. There would be peace amidst all the chaos. And I think it's so powerful. It goes on to talk about when we're being tempted, no one should say God is tempting me and not to be deceived, but every good and perfect gift is from above. I'm paraphrasing. I want you guys to do the work and read this. But I think it's powerful because as we continue to go on and starting in verse 19 now, everyone should be quick to speak. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word that's planted in you, which can save you. 
talks about again in John, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So here we go. What are we going to do to allow our beliefs and our actions to get in alignment right here? This is some practical stuff that we can do that we're getting called to through the Word of God. And this is in James right now, again, chapter 1, verse 19. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. All right, quick to listen. That's one of my words for this year is understanding. That's one of the qualities I'm looking to develop, and this right here is just echoing that and affirming that that's a thing I need to really be developing. So quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. The spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. Our spirit wants, to, or our flesh wants to become angry, but our spirit longs to understand people before being understood, to love people. And so as we continue to go on, get rid of all moral filth. What things morally are we doing that we know aren't in congruency with God's word? Is it what we're listening to? Is it what we're speaking? Is it any actions we're partaking in? What moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent in this world, what are we hanging on to? Get rid of it. Break that thing off. Get rid of that stuff. Get it out of you and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. We deceive ourselves. And I think this is so powerful right here. And I wasn't even planning on going here, but dang, this is incredible because this is the way the Holy Spirit ministers. And this is how I know it is a word in season. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Because if you cannot be true to yourself, you can't be true to anybody. And if we're not true to ourselves, then we are double-minded. We are unstable in all that we do. Why should we think anything should work out the way we think it should if we're not acting in congruency with what we truly believe or what we say we believe? We need to allow ourselves to not deceive ourselves by not merely listening to the word, but doing what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. How many times have we been there? You know, we go and look into a mirror and we think we got something on our face and we think we got it off, but then we totally forgot and we wonder why people are laughing on us, but it's because we got a ketchup stand or something like that on our face. All right. Boom. That's what it's talking about right there. And then we look crazy to the world because we're not acting in congruency with what we say we believe. And that's why the church has been ridiculed so many times and so many Christians have been, you know, looked down upon by the world because they're like, man, well, these dudes aren't practicing what they preach. And that's powerful right there. And that, not in a good way. It's powerful in a bad way because it's giving the church a bad name. It's giving God a bad name. If we're believers and we're called to be the light, then why are we letting people see darkness on the inside of us? And again, it's not we expose that darkness that's on the inside of us that the light can come and heal us, not be acting in opposition or kind of faking it or just not in alignment and in agreement with what God's saying to us and just you know, trying to put on that facade, trying to put on that fake front that we got it all put together and look all sweet. But the man who, verse 25, but the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. So boom, right there, God's declaring a promise of blessing in what we do if we don't forget what we heard, but we do it. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Wow, 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 wow. If I had a nickel for everyone I thought 
looked so the part, whether they were a leader, a teacher in different churches I've been to or grew up at or people that say they believe, yet they don't keep a tight rein on their tongue and they're speaking death over so many situations, over their family and over themselves or just whatever it is. It's not edifying and not beautiful. They're deceiving themselves. And again, if you can't be true to yourself, you can't be true to anybody. And I think so many people right now are so untrue to themselves that they don't know who they are again. Because again, the more time that we spend doing things to try and fit in, the more time we spend forgetting who it is that we actually are. How am I going to know who I am if I pretend that my favorite color is red, even though it's blue? And I start wearing a red t-shirt. I start wearing a red helmet. I start wearing red. I start coloring red. I start doing everything red. Yet blue is my favorite color. That's the color that calls to me at my core. I'm just going to be like, man, I don't even know if I like blue anymore at some point. Yet, to my core, that's my favorite color, and I'm not in congruency with that. I'm deceiving myself. I'm telling myself to like this because everyone else likes this, but I don't like it. It's just something like that that's so little, but it, you know, it's, it has a massive impact. And I think that's powerful right there. And we're going to go on because I think this is the biggest hinge right here. Religion that our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. And this is beautiful because this isn't religious at all. This is pure relationship. To look after orphans, what does that mean? To love those that are fatherless and widows in their distress. To keep oneself from being polluted by this world. That's what the religious side of it is. To keep ourselves from being polluted. That's the reason we're not going to those things. That's the reason we speak the way we speak. We act the way we act. We do what we do. is because we don't want to be polluted. We don't want to be corrupted. We want to get back into that alignment that God had for us at creation. Where we were just in that flow state. Where there was no nothing that was severing that relationship. That's all sin is. It, it severs a relationship with God. And God's trying to keep us from being polluted. From being away from him. Sin separates us and Jesus Christ came to bridge that gap he came to atone for our sins he came by the sacrifice that was in his blood the wages of sin is death that is what he came to pay he came to pay those wages for us he came to pay that death for us so that we don't ever have to experience death but we can experience life the thief comes to steal kill and destroy but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full well why aren't we experiencing a full life because we're experiencing a life that we're double-minded we're unstable in what we do because our actions and our beliefs are not in alignment because we're not listening and doing we might be listening for a season and we might be doing for a season but are we listening and doing in the same congruent is our listening and doing taking place from that conviction in our heart that says, this is the spirit that's leading me into this. The spirit will guide us into all truth. The spirit will give us discernment. The spirit will be our compass to allow us to say yes to what we need to say yes to and no to what we need to say no to. And I think it's so powerful. And I want to go back to Philippians right now because there's a verse in that that really just hits it hard as well. And this is about what we're supposed to be thinking on. How do we keep ourselves from being polluted by the world? Philippians 4, chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Eww! Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. How many people are not so gentle in the ministry or in the church? There's people that are all speaking hellfire and brimstone, which, yeah, that's a reality. But again, hell was never a place created for a person. And all hell is is a place that God isn't. 
We were never called to go there. God's done everything. And so I say it again, let it be gentleness. You know, how often are we being gentle? The fruits of the Spirit, right? That's one right there. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against things, there's no, there's no law. Against those things. So let gentleness be evident to all. That's how we love people, through gentleness. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition. There's so much anxiety out there. It is absolutely ridiculous, the spirit of anxiety that's come across this world. We're not to be anxious in anything. But in everything, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, thank you, God, that you are with us. That right there should give us peace amongst all the chaos, that he is with us and that he is for us. Present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We need our hearts and our minds guarded. We need a guard set up so that when the evil that tries to come in to pollute us, we would just be guarded to be like, yeah, nah, done deal, not happening. Or yes, let's go. This is right. This is true. This is pure. Getting ahead of myself because right here in verse 8, finally, brothers, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Let's think about these things right here, and they will transform us by the renewing of our mind because we're thinking about things that are true, noble, right, pure, whatever is lovely, admirable, anything is excellent or worthy of praise, think about these things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. As we put this into practice, the God of peace will be with us. That's how we don't have to be anxious about anything and in everything. Give thanksgiving to God because he is with us. The God of peace is with us. What are we seeking for? We're seeking for peace. And Jesus talks about it in the Gospels, that peace I leave with you. Peace I do not give as the world gives. But it's a peace that transcends all understanding to where our minds might not be able to understand it, but our spirit is just so at rest. And there's so much unrest in this world. There's so much anxiety in this world. Like I was talking about, it's ridiculous right now. But if we want to have peace, if God's calling us to lie down in green pastures, Let's come into that place. Let's put it into practice. If we put these things into practice, what we're hearing, that's where the God of all peace will be with us. And that's so beautiful right there and just puts a peace in my spirit right now through speaking this thing out. And I just hope this encourages, even if it encourages one other person, then praise God, glory to the King. But as we allow our actions to be in alignment with our beliefs, it brings that peace that transcends all understanding. Even though... It doesn't make sense because, again, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain about what we don't see. Our faith is being sure that what we know and what we believe is true, is good, is right. Mm. And I was just flipping back to James and I just got struck right now by Titus chapter 3. Remind the people to subject rulers and authorities to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good. To slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and to show true humility toward all men. See, that right there is so beautiful. Because it's just putting us back in that place to be peaceable, to be peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, right? 
Skip it on down because this is amazing as well. Verse 8, this is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things. Those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. So we believe in what is good, but are we doing what is good? These things are excellent and profitable to everyone. But avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law because these are unprofitable and useless. Warn a divisive a divisive person once and then warn him a second time. After that, have nothing to do with him. You may be sure that such a man is warped and sinful. He is self-condemned. We condemn ourselves when we're not acting in alignment with our beliefs. When our actions and our beliefs aren't in alignment, we condemn ourselves. That's why we become unstable. Because we know that we're not operating in how we're called to be. And we condemn ourselves. Condemnation is such a lie from the pit of hell and holds so many people back from what God's calling them to be. Where condemnation is, there is fear. And where there is fear, there is guilt and shame. But in Christ Jesus, there is, no, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. God's grace and love equals no fear because there is no fear in love perfect love cast out fear for the man who fears is not made perfect in love if we're being perfected into christ then we need to allow those fears to be removed because there should be no fear except the reverent fear for god yeah there's going to be things that challenge us there's things that are going to be scary but we don't need to give in to fear we need to use fear not let fear use us and hold us back But this right here is so powerful, and I'm going to continue with this right here, moving on to uh, verse 14 in Titus chapter 3. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order that they may provide for daily necessities and not live unproductive lives. That's incredible and just so beautiful and just puts a settling in my spirit right now. Because if we're able to do what is good in order that we may provide for daily necessities and not live unproductive lives. For the word says that my God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. So our daily necessities are being provided through what we do by doing what is good. That's a place where God can bless. And again, it's not by works that any man should boast. But it is by grace that empowers us. To not live unproductive lives. We are called for a purpose. We are called for such a time as this. But when we live in a place that's unstable, where our action and our beliefs are actually clashing against each other, we condemn ourselves. And if we are called to live in a place of no condemnation, but we're condemning ourselves, that's a prideful spirit. And pride's what kicked the devil out of heaven. It's the same spirit that comes on the inside of people, corrupting and polluting them to the point where God has to not be able to accept them. It's from that own pride. Let's not condemn ourselves. When the woman caught in adultery comes to Jesus and he says, does anyone condemn you? Then neither do I condemn you. She could have condemned herself right there. And she could have looked at everything that she wasn't. But she chose to look at herself through the lens that Jesus looked at her through. 
and it transformed her by the renewing of her mind. Before that, her mind would have said, no, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, and self-condemned herself. But when she got transformed by the renewing of her mind, by looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of her faith, it transformed her conviction of herself. And from that point on, her beliefs changed and then her actions changed. I want to end on this right here. Two kinds of wisdom. James 3, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, you find disorder in every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace, loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. How do we sow in peace? By being in congruency. Beliefs and actions allow our beliefs to continue to grow in what God is calling us into and allow us to sow in peace because then we will raise a harvest of righteousness. And in that place, that's where we can experience that flow of heaven on earth. Pure decisions create pure power. For who can ascend to the hill, to the mountain? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, right? That comes from Christ. As we continue to allow ourselves to become a peacemaker, if we are created in the image and likeness of God Almighty, we've got to see ourselves in that way, not condemning ourselves. There is no now, therefore, no condemnation. God has to highlight it so much because we get so wrecking on ourselves by condemning ourselves that we put ourselves in that place to be double-minded, unstable in all we do. But the two words that got me through one of my injuries was strength and stability. And as I've been praying on those two words, and then just hearing this right here, unstable in all he does. Unstable is not stability, but we need strength in our spirit. The word says that those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And then right here, if we act in congruency with what we believe, that brings stability. So the waiting and the congruency allow us to be strength and stable in the Lord. And that's where his power can flow through us because we are acting in that place. There's no condemnation. We're not condemning ourselves. We've got to look to the cross. We got to look to the grace. We got to come boldly to the throne room of grace where God's grace is sufficient for us. For he said his power is made perfect in our weakness. For where we are weak, he is strong. So again, let's allow ourselves to walk by the Spirit that we don't gratify the desires of our flesh. For the wages of sin is death. Our fleshly nature is sin. Let's be transformed by renewing our mind and follow the call that God has for our life. It's a beautiful thing. It's not going to be easy, but with God, all things are possible. So again, like I've said before, let's stop trying to do things for God and just start doing life with God. Because in that realm we can achieve what we thought was impossible and give him the glory. Amen. God bless you.